Well, hey there, everyone. This is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. And today it is my pleasure to be talking with Chris Prefontaine. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing awesome. Thank you. So where are you calling in from? Newport, Rhode Island. Newport, Rhode Island. I'm here in beautiful Kamloops, British Columbia, which you've probably never heard of, Chris, but... <laughs> the second half of that, not the first half, that's all. <laughs> so if you haven't had the pleasure of meeting Chris before, he's a very, very astute real estate entrepreneur, author, trainer, coach, the whole bit. He's been in the business for over 25 years, author of the book, Real Estate on Your Terms, Create Continuous Cash Flow Now Without Using Your Cash or Credit, which sounds pretty darn good. Uh, started off in construction. He's been a realtor. He's done, he and his family are doing two to five deals a month in their personal portfolio. Uh, you, pretty much you name it, Chris has done it. And he and his family have done over $80 million in real estate transactions. So Chris, it's great to have you on the call today. Well, it's always good to be on and I heard so much about you in the show and I'm psyched to chat with you. Well, thank you very much. So it's, it's been a little while, but let's rewind and start back at the beginning, 25 years ago. What got you into this whole real estate game in the first place? You know, I actually grew up in a family company that had zero to do with real estate, but he would buy and sell. He would build his own buildings, my dad, and he would permit land. So I was always around it. That was kind of my, my foray into it. And then I just had the itch. You know, I was back in the day picking up the Trump books and you're talking back in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. So that just always had an itch to do it. Excellent. Very, very good. Now, you've done a little bit of everything and you're still involved. You do some construction from time to time. You do some condo conversions from time to time. What would you say is your bread and butter strategy these days? What do you focus on primarily? Yeah, there's no question since, gosh, 2013 that we do only buying on terms now, which you alluded to the book. So that would be lease purchase, owner financing, or subject to. Those three things. Okay, very yeah. good. And well, so, uh, so up here in Canada, we're familiar with rent-to-own, so lease options. We're familiar with owner financing, that sort of thing. Subject to, what, what would that be defined as? You have a home, you might be more in the, I got to do something now category. You know, that's not always the case, but you have underlying debt and you need debt relief immediately and you may not have any equity. And so you're going to just you're going to sell the home to us for no money and we'll get you you're going to stay on your loan so that's what's subject to the existing loan subject to the existing mortgage exactly yep. okay, you're going to stay on sense. i'm not going to sign on it. i'm not going to assume it i'm just going to pay it right right okay yep that's so that's not very common here but i i have i've actually done that before so i'm familiar with that and it does work up here as well so that's great now you've been doing this and you've been training people and you've been coaching people and you the whole bit for a long time it's always 2020 hindsight, but knowing what you know now, Chris, if you were starting all over again today from scratch with <laughs> only your knowledge, okay, yeah. what, if anything, would you do differently? You know, two things jump out. One is not signing personally on any debt, like none, zero, unless it's your personal house. And then that's even debatable. Two is get a mentor. I mean, I've always had mentors, but get a mentor day one and then just put the blinders on and go. Those are two biggies. That does mean a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. So if you don't mind me asking, did you kind of, how did, how did you learn those lessons? Because most of my lessons that yeah. have stuck have been the ones I've learned the hard way. So yeah, you bet. Yeah. 
Yeah, the, and they're usually the most profitable eventually. But yeah, it was a, it was the 2008 debacle. I, I, I put a whole chapter in my book about it. I'm open about it. I mean, I was on millions in debt personally. And so you can imagine the headache when things slow down. It's just not worth it at all. Mm-hmm. And then the mentor thing is just looking back. I mean, every time I had a mentor and I was focused on that and laser zoomed in, we had great success. And the two times I didn't have great success, that being one of them, the 08 debacle, I think back and I say, I didn't have an advisor or a board or a mentor or anything. Well, why not? So those are biggies. Those are biggies, right? And I know I make that same mistake myself. You know, you figure I'm a fairly smart guy. I can learn this from the book or I can, you know, watch a few YouTube videos. Oh, I got this. You know, I got it. I got to figure it out. I get cocky. <laughs> exactly. That always bites me in the butt too, I tell you. you bet. So... Chris, now that you've been, you know, training people and teaching people and, and, and you went through the 08 debacle, and I mean, that was a big one. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see other people making, other real estate investors making nowadays? Uh, in addition to those? Yeah. I would say mismanage expectations, and you probably didn't expect that one, but yeah. it's just a lot of TV shows and infomercials, and, and so people really, really think probably because of the influence on the, these commercials that they can actually do it quickly, you know, do it overnight. It's not a get rich quick. I don't know what niche that is in real estate, but it is a get rich for a long time. If you have the patience and you manage your expectations, it's gotta be one of the biggest frustrations I see out there. Manage expectations. You know, people say they're 50 years old. I'll pick that number. It took them this long to get there. And let's say they didn't have the success they want. And then they expect in one course or one seminar, they're going to, it's a get rich quick. It's just not the case. So that, that's a biggie, I think. Yeah, I see that all the time, Chris. And, and, you know, now that I'm past 50, 50 doesn't seem that old to me. Well, you and me both, but I, I, I'm making the turn. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, that's definitely a big one. What was I going to ask you? Well, so you do, you do a lot of coaching, training, that kind of good stuff. Who, you know, who is your ideal person that you like to work with? Instead of a demographic, it's really... I alluded to some of it already. It's the person who's committed and serious. That's kind of our, our beacon, if you will. It's if you're committed and serious, come look at our information. And then secondly, managing their expectations that they can look at this and say, this is a business. I'm into this for three years. I won't look back. I won't complain. I won't whine. I'm into this for three years. Perfect. Those two things. So if somebody is kind of into it for three years, what, what is like, if they follow the rules, they follow the instructions, yeah. What are they going to get at the end of that three years? What we, we designed a real simple, I don't have it in front of me, but it's a one pager. It's called the three year, $1 million plan. And it uses a modest price range, you know, median price range of say 300,000 or something. It's not, a, it's not overly zealous. And it talks about building literally a million dollar business by year three, you have a million of cash coming in. Now, some people take five years. Great. They'd be happy with that. I have a student that hit that in month 13. Great. He's happy with that. So, but it's a guide. It's a three-year guide. And that's why I say three years. Here, here's a quick example. Can you imagine if you and I were going to start a business and, and attract investors, let's say, and we're in a boardroom and you and I come out and they like what we're doing. And then we say, all right, we're going to give it a shot for 60 days. They'd say, you're not getting my money. So same thing here. Let's commit to this thing. No, that makes a lot of sense. That's for sure. All right. So, so the people that are kind of coming to you, they're, they're looking for a solution to the problem. What's the biggest problem that you help them solve? Focus? Yeah, getting deals done. I know that sounds crazy because you assume when people take a course, they're going to do deals, right? But I tell you on a weekly basis, 
Dave, we get people saying, I took this course or I spent some numbers are big, like six figures, and I haven't done a deal yet, not a single deal. Yeah. So I call that a gap right now in the education industry and real estate, and we close that gap dramatically. We kind of lock arms and do deals with them, help them get it done. Well, um, yeah, you know, that, that's huge. I've seen that over, over and over and over again myself as well. So Chris, you're focusing right now because, because you got bit during the, the downturn 10 years ago, learned your lesson, you're focusing on lease options, subject to properties, owner financing. You know, at least I've got some experience with a, a couple of those, but it tends to be more short-term cash now, cash for the next couple of years, but then you got to replace the deal type thing. Do you also have like, or do you recommend a, a longer term buy and hold type strategy as well? Or, or what, what's kind of the, the big picture? It's a phenomenal question relative to terms because some of our terms, they go for anywhere from three years to 10, let's say. I, re I rewrote a bunch of nine year leases years ago. And then what happens is the, the rapport and the credibility you gain with the seller typically lends itself to then either extending that or converting a lease purchase to a subject to. So you own it long-term. And so, yeah, some of ours have been turned into rentals. We've done, we've used the same strategies to do four and six unit buildings inside of an IRA, outside of an IRA. And I know it's different in Canada, but inside same of idea. retirement accounts. Yeah. So yeah, there's a mix there. You, you can build some great wealth with these. Picture nine years on a terms deal. You can get some phenomenal wealth. So if you don't mind me asking you, how, typically how long are your lease option type deals? We write a lot of them at three years, but I've seen, again, as much as 10, and then those get extended. Our average paydays, this is important to know. So you mentioned cash. So cash now, cash over time, and then cash at the end of the term. Right. Our average right now is like 75 grand, approaching 78 grand for all three paydays, I call it. And our students are as low as 45 grand and high as 110. So we're like right in the middle, coincidentally. But that's, those are lucrative deals when you start talking well, like yeah, that. I mean, that's a hell of a lot better than when I was doing rental. And that's for sure. It was, yeah. Was, no, it's a nice system we've got set up with the three paydays, I call it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, that's, that's the beauty of rental. And that's for sure. So if somebody's listening to this, Chris, and, I, and they're kind of wanting, I hate to use this term, but they kind of want to, dip their toe in the water. I know there's no way to really just dip their toe in the water, but what is some sort of an action somebody can take to actually start doing this kind of stuff, to start looking yeah. at No, you said it right, actually. They can dip their toe in by, uh, I have a free webinar. If they don't mind listening to me for another 55 minutes, it's free and it's, there's a lot of content in it. I go fast. I know I do. And so they'll be able to dip their toe in, like you said, and, and say, okay, I, if I want to go further, at least I know I, where, where I stand versus blindly jumping in it now. So I would say go to check out the free webinar for sure. All right. And where can they do that? They can just go to smartrealestatecoach.com or you can put a link. I don't know how that works with your show, but smartrealestatecoach.com and it's a free 55 or so minute webinar. All right. Very good. And so Besides watching the webinar, what's some sort of a tip that you can leave people with that that'll help them get started or, or get, you know, because you're talking about that. There's so many people and I've seen it myself too. They, they take course after course after course and they do diddly squat. Yeah. At the end of the day, they spend tens of thousands up to a hundred thousand bucks taking yeah. yada, yada. What would you, what would be some tip that you could give somebody to actually get their butt in gear and do something? I would say this, I, I'm not so naive to think, even though I love our niche, that this is the niche for everyone. So I would say, number one, find a niche that you can relate to, ours or someone else's. There's a lot of sub-niches, as you know, in real estate. Second, find someone that is 
in the niche that you can relate to as far as a mentor, but still doing deals. As you know, it's so important because the market changes. And if you're not with your finger on the pulse, you're going to get hurt. So you find your niche, you find someone who can show you the way and then go back to that three year commitment. I said, those are the three kind of do those in order, put the blinders on, don't look left or right and go for it for three years. You'll have a great experience if you follow those three steps. No question. And three years is going to go by either way, right? It's a blink. <laughs> yeah. It's not that the older I get, the, the, the shorter three years seems. That's I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's very, very true. All right, Chris. So you've done a lot of different kinds of things. You're focusing on these kind of three primary real estate investing strategies right now. We've got a few more minutes as we're, as we're going through this. Why don't you, just for clarity's sake, would you define each one of them a little bit, fill, fill in the blanks a little bit for folks that aren't completely aware of it? So let's start with lease options. Yeah. Lease options can be called rent-to-own, lease-purchase, rent-to-buy. There's all sorts of different terms for it. In a, just in a, in a big-picture nutshell, how does it work? Yeah, so one example, lease-purchase. I'm going to purchase your home. You have a little bit of equity, but you want to protect it all, and you have underlying debt. I'm going to go ahead and take over your maintenance, take over your mortgage payment, and handle everything about that house so you have zero worries. And if you had equity, I'm going to protect that exact amount we agreed on. And then I'm going to honor before, let's say, 36 months, get that cashed out. How am I doing that? All of our homes, no matter how we buy, we exit on rent to own with a rent to own buyer. So, the, so that's the lease purchase. Now, in that scenario, they still get to write off expenses, depreciate the home, et cetera. I can't. I'm just, you know, it's a sandwich. It's a, I'm in between the seller and the buyer. So what would be some examples of a seller wanting to do this kind of a situation? Because again, they're not getting a sale today. They're getting a sale in two or three years. Yeah. A couple examples in no particular order. One is if they were on the market and they're an expired listing, they were in their mind ready to pay that commission. And so there's a savings there. Right now, it might be a little different in Canada, but I know these numbers are similar. There's like 20% of the market that can go get a loan in, in the United States right now without getting any extra help and credit enhancement, et cetera. So there's fishing in the small pool of buyers, therefore they're getting less money for these homes, whereas we can get them the market value. Other, other would be, hey, I've got a teeny bit of equity, but after I pay my commission, I might be underwater or break even. I'd like to not have to do that. So the, the short answer is usually more cash out and no hassle. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, that's a great, great definition of, of lease options. Subject to, you talked a little bit about that. So what kind of situations would a seller be in for that, that kind of scenario? Yeah, two different tiers, so to speak, because owner financing and, and lease purchase, there's not always people stressed out. I mean, sometimes people are very good shape and, and they just want the best price. So on the subject too, I, I find anyway that usually it's people that say, look, I mean, I literally had a gentleman say, my truck's packed. I have custody of my grandchild. I'm leaving. Can you come do that thing where you buy my house? So he left and, and we bought his home and he had no equity in it. And we have been making his, the mortgage payment, but it stayed in his name and we own it uh, for the last, I don't know, three and a half years or so. And coincidentally, that tenant buyer is about to cash us out. So for him, it was what? Immediate, immediate debt relief and, and, and stress relief. And I'm leaving with my grandson. Right. And there, so basically, if you hadn't come along, he was going to walk away anyhow. He was. He was, he was going to lose the house. He was going to go into foreclosure, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Not good stuff, but that's <laughs> Yeah. So then in that situation, you, you own the house. He signed over title to you, right? Correct. 
or a buck or whatever it takes to make it legal. Yep. And you own it, but he's still on the hook with the bank. You're the just mortgage, making yeah. the payment for him. Then yep. you get a tenant buyer in there and you do a rent to own deal on that property. Correct. And, and sell it to him at the end. Okay. That's correct. That's, and we don't, you know, this is a whole discussion, but so with the rent to own buyers, you can stick to their mortgage ready plan that you give them and really stay on it from an accountability standpoint because you do have an end date. But in this case, I don't have an end date. So I let them take their time. I'm not going to stress and they're not going to stress. Nice. And you're still getting some, you're getting a pop of cash up front. You're getting above market rent typically for that down. plus you set the price at the end. Yep. Nice principal pay down in the meantime. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. And what was, what else was I going to, I was going to ask you also. So when you're working with these tenant buyers, again, your, your clients are going to buy the house, the rent home customers, how active are you in helping them to repair their credit and do all that kind of stuff? Because that's a big part of the job. It's a biggie. And I'm glad you asked because there are mentors, as you know, and educators out there who are publicly say, oh, who cares if they don't cash out? You just collect another deposit. And to that, I say, that's bogus. You, morally and ethically, you're not getting this home unless we know you have a, an end, a mortgage plan and an end date, unless you mess it up. But the intent is you have an end date and you have a mortgage ready plan. So we get very involved with a mortgage broker and a credit enhancement company, get the report that says, hey, so-and-so can be qualified on it before the state. Great, it matches our term, you're accepted with a right down payment and everything. Um, not just blindly throwing people in there so you know they're gonna fail, uh, that's the wrong route. Yeah, the churn and burn, I hate that. That's that the wrong route, you're just setting people up to fail. Yeah, for sure, most definitely. Well, Chris, it's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate your, your time and your wisdom on, on the podcast here today. As we're wrapping things up, any final words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our listeners? I would just say to the struggling or to the person who's looking to get into real estate new, really take to heart what I said about managing expectations because you can do it. Success leaves clues. This stuff's been done since late 1800s, right? It's not new to you or I. They just need the right path. And so it's out there for you. You can do it. Awesome. Very good. Chris, it's been a lot of fun. Look forward to it. And who knows? It's been a short podcast. We'll probably have to have you back to fill in some of the- oh, I love it. I love it. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at Investor Attraction Demo. Dot com. Take care.